Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Joined as always today by my faithful host, we got Chevin Nooney. Chev, what's good, my man? Hey, I'm doing great. Mike, last night I got to see JT Romuto hit for the cycle. Your Phillies, so, they lost, but what a moment. What a moment. That is their thing right now is losing, unfortunately. Um, so for all of those listening, hoping to hear the triumphant return of the Professor Nate Christian. Takes every single inch of it. One lot more week and we got him back. But listen, we have no slouch filling in. We got the man himself. Bob Van Duzer, a.k.a. the Bobcat. Bob, what's up, man? I'm just glad that we finally got some rain here in Wisconsin. It's been droughtful the last month or so. I think we've had two days with like an hour sprinkle of rain, but it's been a nice like all-day rain today. It's been super hot all that month, but now it's Mm -hmm. back to how Wisconsin should be. Dreary, rainy, (laughs) 60s. It's nice. Um, this, is how, this is where I live. How I live. <laughs> the people want to know, during that hot month, were you still wearing flannel? Not as much as I like to. I can't. Uh, I No, I, I could not afford to keep my AC running as high as it would have to be for me to comfortably not sweat to death in my house wearing a flannel. I get it. I get it. We got some rain yesterday, none today, but back at it tomorrow. You know, hey, listen. It's almost like spring never started up. That doesn't mean that you can't. Startup season is in full swing. I don't know about you guys, but I do the same thing every year. I leave a couple leagues. I'm done with startups. I'm narrowing down. And yet here we are talking about it because it's happening. I'm in like three startup drafts right now, even though I said I wasn't going to. I get suckered in. What can I say? I can't say no. But let's talk about some players that we have that are draft targets for us, some good values. These are guys that we need to have on our dynasty teams. And I'm sure that if we look at all of our rosters, we have them there somewhere. We're going to tell you what their expectations are and what the earliest is that we'll draft them. And I think that's important as well. How high will we will go on a player? Bob, let's start it off with you. I did see this man in person last Ooh. Saturday. He didn't know I was there, but I saw him. <laughs> that is terrifyingly creepy. But <laughs> this this guy is a show favorite, to say the least. Jahan Dotson is who I'm targeting in every single one of my startups right now. And part of the reason for that is I think his value is just, if it's maybe a little light, cool, but I think it's spot on, if nothing else. Currently going off at pick 91 in startups per DLF ADP. Wide receiver 33, which is somewhat outlandish if you look at some of the players going ahead of him, but 
getting into that a little bit. Despite being one of the best rookie wide receivers last year in terms of performance, he's somehow one of the least favorites now. Don't ask me how it happens. I don't I don't know. I don't make the rules. But you know, you look at it last year for him, hamstring strain cost him a good chunk of his rookie season. And you had to factor into the game he left a little early due to the hamstring injury, the games he missed. And then the few games back, he took a while getting like acclimated back in the lineup. He was somebody who was right off the rip getting 80 plus percent of the snaps. So and then he comes back and he's playing like 50, 60 percent the first three games back. A rough time getting back. So it took him a bit. But if you look at his point per game average last year, raw, just right out right out the gate. 10.9 points per game, which was fourth best among rookie wide receivers last year. But let's let's play a little game where you take the games where he played full percentage of snaps that they wanted him to play. Because you can say that because right off the rip last year, he was playing a ton mm-hmm. of snaps right away. So take those games, you stat him out for the full season, you get 60 receptions, 910 yards, and 12 touchdowns. This guy is a touchdown machine. So now you're looking at a wide receiver, a rookie wide receiver who finishes wide receiver 18 in PPR scoring in 2022 with a points per game average of 13.9. All of these would be the best fantasy finish for any rookie wide receiver last year. Mm -hmm. And we're tossing him aside among all of these other rookie wide receivers. And I still don't think I'd put him again ahead of Garrett Wilson. Don't think I'd put him ahead of Chris Olave. I know for a fact I wouldn't, but and I know you have the argument, too, of like, you can't just say like, well, stat it out. He was great. So you have to, you know, he didn't play those games. So yeah. it happens. I get it. But to just write him off, like off this list and draft him behind Traylon Burks and George Pickens specifically. I think Christian Watson, there's a discussion to be had because he had some really good games, too, and so on and so forth. But moving forward, I have been pegged as a solid wide receiver two, playing out a full season with the potential to reach fringe wide receiver one and two performances as he continues to develop. Keep in mind, this was his rookie season that he was popping off in and didn't get to play the full season behind quote unquote alpha Terry McLaurin in a bad offense that has maybe improved. You have Eric Bianami coming in who people want Mm -hmm. to tout as a great offensive mind. Is that the case? Who knows? But either way, we have Sam Hall at quarterback too, which, some might argue is an upgrade. I think at worst you're getting similar play, but talking about the earliest I draft him, having that expectation in mind and all the reasons why going ahead of him, wide receivers that I'd draft him over. I take him over Marquise Brown, Jerry Judy, George Pickens, and Traylon Burks, as I mentioned. And some guys I'm kind of at a toss up with right now, Christian Watson, Brandon Ayuk, and Deontay Johnson. I think the world is just, writing off John Dotson for God knows what reason. I think they just look at the end of season stats, but really when you peel things back and go a little deeper, this guy is the touchdown guy on this team. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's McLaurin. You look at McLaurin's career so far, he said seven touchdowns in one season and he played all the games in that season. John Dotson had seven touchdowns last year and he missed five games and several games where he wasn't playing full snaps. Don't sleep on Jahan Dotson anymore. That time has come and gone. It's time to get him in your rosters, especially in your startup league. He's a great wide receiver three. You can draft him as your wide receiver three, which is great too. Awesome to be able to round. If he's your four, even better. Love to hear your guys' thoughts on I know he's a he's a channel favorite. So mm-hmm. I know we're I'm not in. gonna have much disagreement here. I'm all in. And you know, 
I don't think what you said, I just want to touch on one thing. You said statting it out. Some people may say it's stupid. I disagree. Yeah. It's good to see the pace he was on. And yes, we do think that Sam Howell is a quarterback upgrade. A lot of people think that. I think it's going to be a consistent upgrade. And worst case scenario, Jacoby Brissett comes in there. Mm-hmm. Mari Cooper was a wide receiver one with Jacoby Brissett yeah. last year playing majority of the season. So I don't see any problem with that. He's a veteran quarterback. And you're right. A lot of people think Eric Bieniemy is a good offensive coordinator. Let's see what he does without Andy Reid yeah. being there. He was still running Andy Reid's system. Uh, much like Shane Steichen was in Philadelphia under Nick Sirianni, although we think the Indianapolis Colts offense is going to be better too. I'm all in on Jahan Dotson. The disrespect you're buying at the he was injured slash rookie season price right now, he's never going to be this low again. I feel Chev agree, disagree. Yeah, I agree. I think even if Jacoby Brissett comes in, I think it might even be a little bit better actually because he has that veteran presence that you know knows what it takes. Sam Howe is going to be good. There's just a lot of prove it. Eric Bieniemy's got to prove it. Sam Howe's got to prove it. But I think what what Jahan Dotson gets himself into is Terry McLaurin, for some reason, is loved so much by the fantasy community that they just tout him so high that they don't think maybe Jahan Dotson could even get close to him, which I think it's a lot closer than what people are saying. I've never been the highest on Terry McLaurin. We just He's just higher than I like to go for him. But, yeah, I love Jahan Dotson. I think he's in a good spot. You know, he does have Terry McLaurin next to him, which helps take coverage away. And he's, he's just a beast of an athlete, man. He's a smaller guy, but he goes up and makes big plays whenever you need him to. So, yeah, go get Jahan Dotson if you can get him for that, man. I think part of the love for Terry McLaurin, too, is he was able to be drafted later in rookie drafts. So just seeing what he ascended to, yeah. people are just holding on to that nostalgia value of Terry McLaurin. And he's still... He's still a solid, consistent piece. Mm-hmm. Chev, who is a guy that you are leaving all of your drafts with? I see it here, but I'm going to let you tell people, first of all, I love it. I'm going to say that. But who do you got? Yeah, and this is a guy that I got to see in person for a little bit. It's going to be Christian Kirk. His ADP is at 87, and he's wide receiver 32. A guy that finished as a wide receiver one is now being targeted as a wide receiver three. Have no clue why. It makes zero sense to me. You know, last year he was a favorite target to Trevor Lawrence. He saw 133 targets, 84 receptions, 1,108 yards, and eight TDs. Yes, Calvin Ridley's coming back. But we're already seeing he's fighting a little bit of of injuries to start off uh, mini camps and whatnot. So he's going to be a little bit rusty to start off. I am not expecting Calvin Ridley to just come out swinging. I think uh, Calvin or sorry, Christian Kirk is going to be Still, Trevor Lawrence's favorite target this upcoming year. I know Calvin Ridley is a beast in Atlanta for some time, but Christian Kirk just has that rapport with Trevor Lawrence at this point. You know, I think they both honestly could work together in this offense. We saw Zay Jones compete in this offense. 82 receptions, 823 yards, and on 121 targets. I think even if you flip the targets where Christian Kirk gets 121 and Calvin Ridley gets 133, you're still going to see a lot more production than what Zay Jones proved. So I still think he's going to have production no matter what, when this offense gets rolling, you know, and Lawrence was just getting started last year, the year before that he had urban Meyer and it was an absolute disaster there. So basically last season was just a reboot of Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. So now with the second year in Peterson's offense, I think that, Offense is going to be humming a little bit more. They did a good amount of stuff in the offense to help Lawrence out this upcoming year. I think it's only going to help uh, Christian Kirk at this point. Earliest I'm going to be drafted, sorry, the expectations I have for him, I still think he can produce as a quality wide receiver 
two. I think he's going to be closer to two this year. I think it's going to be closer to 18 than 12. I think he finishes around that range just because you are adding Calvin Ridley. It might take a little bit of a hit. And there's a lot of good wide receivers in the NFL that maybe had a down year last year. So I'm expecting him to take a little bit of a dip. But if you're getting him at wide receiver 32, it's still going to be a bump in production for you. Earliest I'm drafting him is going to be around wide receiver 18-ish, which is around pick 54. And I believe the wide receivers that are going around there are Debo Samuel, Jordan Addison, Chris Godwin, Christian Watson. I still think Christian Kirk can finish ahead of those guys. I think a lot of those players are in offenses that have too many mouths to feed at this point. And I just think he's going to continue to be an alpha with Trevor Lawrence this upcoming year. And Trevor Lawrence is ranked very high in these rankings or in these ADP. So if he's going to be high in ADP, I don't understand why Christian Kirk is wide receiver 32 and Calvin Ridley is wide receiver 35. That to me doesn't make very much sense. Shove him on board. I've been on board with Christian Kirk for a while. He is right now listed as the starting slot wide receiver. So to me, I think uh, Calvin Ridley is more of a detriment to Zay Jones. And look, let's not forget Marvin Jones is gone. Hit 81 targets last year. Everyone's like, oh, Marvin Jones. Those are targets that are going to be going somewhere else. Jamal Agnew got 30 targets last year. I think we could say with Calvin Ridley coming in, those targets are going to be going somewhere else. I don't see a massive downfall for Christian Kirk just because Calvin Ridley came in. If anything, this makes the offense better. Good players and better offenses means more targets, more more points, more fantasy points. By the value that Bob agree, disagree. 100%. Love Christian Kirk. And you touched on a great point there. If you look at splits over Calvin Ridley's career. He's in any season. He's never played more than 21% of snaps Mm -hmm. in the slot. He's going to be primarily outside and Christian Kirk had the third most slot snaps last year. So these two are playing completely different roles. I don't think there's much, if any movement off of Christian Kirk's attention. And I think drafting him at being able to take him at wide receiver 32, being able to go pick him up at similar values via trade. I think he's an awesome buy right now. I don't think Calvin really honestly does anything to Kirk's production. Yeah. And this is, this is what I love about fantasy football. When a new player comes in and people just absolutely panic and they're willing to dump a guy like Christian Kirk, give me that value. And it's a move that, you know, people are oh, you're trading for Christian Kirk, whatever. Good luck, man. Give me that value. I don't care. I just want to win games. That's all I care about. All right. So who am I going to draft to win games? I'll tell you who. Thanks for asking. Najee Harris, his ADP is 42. He's running back nine. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. So listen, he had a down second year. He had that foot injury in preseason. Remember, he had that boot that he was wearing uh, last year. But look, he didn't miss a game. He hasn't missed a game in his entire career, by the way. Last year, he was running back 14, 272 carries, 1,034 yards, and seven touchdowns. Look, Najee Harris is actually pretty good in the air, too. 41 catches, 229 yards, and three touchdowns. Not a huge yards per reception, but still 41 catches. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You can't beat that. Uh, also, his touchdown splits were the same between year one and year two. Seven touchdowns on the ground, three touchdowns through the air. Just like that. We do like his backfield competition and Jalen Warren. We talked about him last year on the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty if you want to hear about more players like Jalen Warren. But look, he's a workhorse. He can carry a load with no problems. You could easily give him 300 carries or more, and he's going to do it. I think he's pushing to be a running back one this season. 
And I'm going to tell you why right now. If you look at last year's running backs, some of these guys are going to fall out. Guys like Dalvin Cook, we don't know where he's going to be. Leonard Fournette was a running back one. Joe Mixon has some questions. Aaron Jones, I think he's going to split more time with A.J. Dillon this year. Um, Tony Pollard is going to be the guy, but is he going to be a running back one? We don't know. Saquon Barkley is saying that he might not play, which, you know, Bob, I think you said it in the, the Patreon chat. Uh, yeah, Lev Bell showed that was a real good idea. That was you that said that, right? Yeah. That's a lot of smoke in my opinion. I think. I, I agree. Mean, yeah. Come on, man. But um, I think, look, it's pretty easy that Najee Harris is a running back one this year. That That's yeah. my point. He's being disrespected as the running back nine. What else do I want to say about here? Um, so, like I said, I think he's running back one. He's 25. He's got plenty of gas left in the tank. Um, he's going in the fourth round right now. But, you know, depending on my draft position and what the league format is, because we've seen times where running backs push guys, I'm sorry, quarterbacks push guys back in a super flex league or in a one quarterback league, you got to draft these guys a little bit higher. But I have no issue drafting him in the late second, early third. If I want to get my guy, you know, if you're just trying to stack your lineup. And to me, he's a good guy to look after as well. If you're in a super flex and you want to do a punt the quarterback, which I tend to do a lot, love to punt the quarterback position. I don't know why. It's just what I do. So I just either go hero running back or I get some stud wide receivers and I pair them with a young but really reliable running back like Najee Harris. Bob, we're going to start with you. Do you agree or disagree? I think you're a Najee guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a value guy before anything else. But Najee Harris right now is an incredible value. I mean, this is a guy that was being drafted as a running back as the overall running back two or three last year depending on when you happen to look at the DLF uh, ADP draft board or whatever draft board you were looking at value-wise, still the same thing. And, you know, this season, the start of last year, left a bad taste in people's mouths. This something we talk about and probably not even enough is the volatility in running back value. How quickly he went from being valued as a top three or four dynasty running back and dropping like a rock throughout the mid part of the season and then, you know, was able to salvage some with a nice bounce back to the end of the year, you know, finishing as running or finishing out as running back five over the past or the last six or seven weeks or so, mm-hmm. um, you know, great end of the year. I think running back one, you know, RB12 is the lowest you're going to get out of him unless he misses so. significant time. I think he's with how the running back position, the parity is there. I think you're looking at a really nice piece here at an affordable cost. And that's huge for running backs agree chef agree disagree yeah i agree i feel like i've talked about him a good amount this offseason and i just feel like he's one of the last guys that is just going to get a lot of volume at a running back position we're seeing a lot of guys getting moved into where it's two running back committee i think he's one of the last guys to carry the workload i think he's mm-hmm. one i mean jalen warren i think he's going to get his he's going to get a little bit in there but we know what Najee's going to bring us. 300 touches on the ground, 400 or 400, 40 receptions. Like I, that's just what he can do. And we've seen it before and we can see it again this upcoming year. Started off slow, had a great end of the season. I think Kenny Pickett has a better year as, as well. I think he, it's going to help him to be in the second year, which they would change offensive coordinators, but maybe that happens in the middle of the season. We'll see. But I still think Najee Harris is a great player to have on your team at this point he's only 25 like mike said i'm surprised they didn't move on from matt canada to be honest with you but i guess if a worst case scenario if you get this type of continuity with Najee harris 
Yeah. I guess that's not really that's a bad thing. We'll see what happens. And I'll tell you what you can do. You like drafting? Let's do it up. I'm going to tell you how. Don't worry about setting your lineup, and you still get to have the, all the fun of drafting your favorite players in fantasy. Underdog Fantasy makes it happen, and you can get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you sign up for the first time using the promo code RewindAllCaps. all caps. Don't miss out on as many drafts as you can handle, as well as season-long higher or lower predictions. Check out the link in the description and use the promo code RewindAllCaps today. Dan just did a best ball tournament, um, or I forget how he labeled it. I'm sorry, but check our Twitter. There's some cool videos on there. Dan on a video. It's fun times. We'll tell you that. Uh, Dan's a great guy. Check it out. And I'll tell you what, if you want, I guarantee Dan will do a best ball draft with you. Guaranteed you hit him up. He's always down. And, Bob, who are you down with drafting in your startups? Who's your next guy? Yeah, so I think with running backs, it's important to find values and important to find values of players that are actually going to, you know, live up to that and be beyond that value as well. And my pick here, Damian Pierce, running back 22 off the board, ADP of pick 86, Purdy offs ADP. And I think right now, at worst, I think he's appropriately valued, but I think he's more than likely a very nice discount right now, given the injury last year. But you look at this offense, you look at his situation, he's locked into a workload in what looks to be an improved offense, who got offensive line help this offseason in Shaq Mason, and the addition of a new offensive coordinator coming over from the 49ers and Bobby Slowick. On top of all that, we have an, a quarterback upgrade that everybody seems to for, like to forget about. But And even in that offense last year that we can all agree was one of the bottom-feeding offenses in the league, still had good production in the games that he was healthy. So dynasty, project, or, dynasty expectations, there we go, words. I still think you're looking at a fringe running back one, running back two numbers here, given what I believe will be a lion's share of the workload. And he's a great addition for me, in my opinion. If you, let's say you drafted Najee a little earlier, but still had a good value, I think pairing Damian Pierce with him as your running back two is amazing. And I think you can kind of chill on running back for a little bit. But if you did, let's say you punted on running back early, I think he's a fine running back one. If you did go with that zero RB early, I think he's going to get enough workload that he can hold down that spot. We'll see what happens. But if... In terms of where I draft him, I think this is a pretty good spot value-wise. I like to you know, let the value come to me. If I had to draft him over players, if I had to draft him a little early, I'm I'm taking him ahead of Cam Akers. I'm taking ahead of Miles Sanders. And Javante Williams might be the most surprising one there. But I'll get on that in another podcast probably, maybe, <laughs> guaranteed. So those are my picks. Those are, That's my thoughts on Damian Pierce. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts as well. You guys, Pierce fans, are we in on the value right now? I'm in on this value. Personally, you know, I've always been a Miles Sanders guy. I might take Miles Sanders over Damian Pierce. Um, Devin Singletary's there. I don't see Devin Singletary as competition to Damian Pierce. I just think he's in addition to the offense. And, hey, listen, what's the best thing for a young quarterback? A strong running game. That's where Damian Pierce comes in. He survived the draft. A lot of people thought he could be replaced. Look, last year they had Dare Ogunbowale. Royce Freeman was running the ball. Rex Burkhead was there. Eno Benjamin was on the roster for a little bit. A lot of those guys are gone. I think it's going to be Pierce. It's going to be Singletary. There's a chance they're on the field together. I don't think they necessarily eat into each other. Devin Singletary, to me, is a good buy low as well if you need like a, a stash or a flex play. So I'm in on Pierce at this value. Chev, thoughts? 
Yeah, I'm a little higher on Singletary just because he can do it all. I mean, he caught a lot of passes in Buffalo, and it's not like he was a slouch. I think he was a running back 30 the last three seasons. So I, I still like his value. I still love Damian Pierce, though. I know I told everybody to trade him away. I still think if you could get good value off him, I'm fine with that. But in a startup, if you're getting him at RB22, there's a lot of guys that are going to be falling out in a few years. And Damian Damian Pierce isn't that old at this point. He's got a lot of good talent around him now, especially at quarterback. So I think that's going to help him be more productive, actually, this upcoming season. So I do like Damian Pierce. Singletary, I would go get him. If you draft Pierce, I would get Singletary as well, just in case. Yeah, if Pierce misses time, Singletary is no slouch. And, I mean, I think Singletary is going to be used in the receiving game. He averages about 36 catches and 250 yards a year. Um, Then the touchdowns are a little fluky. It's either one or two or zero for him. But Mm -hmm. I like the addition of Singletary there. And, like, you know, a lot of people are like, who is Singletary? Damian Pierce is going to be just fine. Just fine. If anything, Singletary's insurance. All right, Chev, let's move on. Who is the next guy that you are definitely – leaving your draft with yeah this is the guy that we've talked about before on the podcast but at tight end 17 with the adp of 150 i'm gonna snag cole Komet up wherever i can this guy was on the field for 94 percent of the snaps last season which led nfl tight ends in snap percentage that just means good things you got to be on the field to score points it didn't lead to a whole lot of places last year because the offense was just so poor but I think that continues in this upcoming year where he's on the field a lot and he has the chance to score a lot of points. We have additions to the offensive line, which is going to help Fields hopefully stay upright and improve that passing game. Fields is going into a second year of a new system. Should be a little bit easier for him moving forward. We do have a lot of good new additions as well with DJ Moore, which should open up a lot more room for Cole Komet. Last year, the Bears wide receiver core was absolutely brutal. Everybody seemed to get injured. We traded for a guy named Chase Claypool. He went missing. He should have been on freaking milk cards because the guy didn't do crap once he got traded. Dante Pettis was even a thing last year. So that's how bad it got for the Chicago Bears. So this is going to take some eyes off of Komet now. So, I mean, Komet's a guy that, you know, drafting him at tight end 17, last season, nine games, he produced better than that. And the beginning of the year, Cole Komet did nothing. I remember we were telling people, go get Cole Komet. He's going to be great in this offense. And the guy was just an absolute stinker the first half of the season. But nine of those weeks, he beat this current ADP of tight end 17. And I think that's going to continue moving forward this upcoming year. At the end of the season, they started to figure out the offense a little bit. Obviously, Justin Fields ran a good amount and the passing game wasn't proficient, but I think changing it up this year, getting DJ Moore, adding an offensive lineman, I think that only boosts Cole Komet's stats up this upcoming year. I see him being another tight end one in 2023, and I think we're looking at a top eight finish from him this upcoming year. Now, earliest I would draft him, I'd be fine drafting him with around tight end eight, which would be around pick 112. And those players that are going around there are... Pat Fryermuth, who I would probably draft Pat Fryermuth before, obviously. Same. Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Williams, Kendra Miller, Kadarius Toney. The tight ends are Evan Ingram, Darren Waller, Chig. I still think Cole Komet with Robert Tunyon is going to be very good in this offense this upcoming year. He's a guy that I am sticking to it. 
I don't think there's any way that he finishes outside of tight end 17. So if you're able to get him there, I think you're going to feel very fine after this upcoming year. I don't hate it. Admittedly, I would probably pay up just a tiny little bit more and draft Greg Dulcich instead. You guys know I'm a big Greg Dulcich fan. Um, but I don't hate it. At that point in the draft, honestly, you know, you're looking for value. For whatever reason, people like to hate Cole Komet. I do have some concerns, obviously, with the uh, Bears offense as a whole. Chev, as I'm sure you sure. do. Oh, yeah. Also, is it, can we safely drop Fellas Jones now, right? That's not going to be a thing. Leave him on your uh, taxi for a little longer. Why not? Bob, you buy, are you holding or dropping Velas Jones? <laughs> I don't think he should have ever graced the line. No. <laughs> but, you know, I really I, I like this. I like Cole Komet. Tunyon's there. He's going to take a little bit away from Cole Komet. I don't think enough where it's going to be a massive mm-hmm. knock. I'd still be in on Dulcich a little bit sooner. He's going one tight end before, which is about three spots before. So it's it's pretty negligible. But that's my only concern there. Bob, do we agree or disagree with Chev on Cole Komet? I think my question to ask is, are you drafting him to be your tight end one? Uh, probably not. No. no. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, I think if he's your tight end two, I'm pretty happy with it. But I'm not excited about it at all if he's my tight end one. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the thing with him, too, that makes it somewhat okay is the value you get him at in drafts around ADP 150. I think you go earlier you know, the list of names you rattled off. I'm like, yep, I'm taking almost all of those except maybe Kadarius Tony yeah. over Kokomet at that point. But no, I, I think there is some value to be had here, especially at this point in drafts where you're just scrounging for something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't hate the pick at all, especially if he's lined up as your tight end two anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great backup to have for injuries, bye weeks, whatever. Yeah. And don't forget, people, you could, you've got a lot of injuries. You can flex tight ends too. A lot of the times, nothing yeah. wrong with that. All right, it's time for me to do my thing and continue yapping about a player that I always talk about because guess what? I was right. I am not leaving any drafts, and so far that has been true without Jared Goff. His ADP is 48. He's quarterback 19 in Superflex Leagues, people. Come on. I haven't shut, out about, shut up about the guy in the last year, so look, why stop now? In all seriousness, he's a great candidate for any startup player that likes to punt the quarterback position. That's my thing. I love to punt QB in super flex startups. He finished his quarterback 10 last year. And looking back at DLF's May 22 ADP, it had him even lower than he was this year. His ADP was 95 and quarterback 29. So he has shown that his minimum expectation that he's going to push to be a low-end quarterback one and outpace his ADP, what you're paying for him. So if you want to talk about a value guy that you can put in your lineup, you can play him every week, he's going to be good. And look, the offense around him is getting better. Lots of good things about Sam Laporta. Jamison Williams is just coming off being an idiot instead of an injury, so he doesn't have to work his way back physically. You know, uh, We all love Amon Ross St. Brown. They got Jameer Gibbs there. This offense is getting better. Jared Goff's going to reap rewards. And look, I understand that the Lions drafted Hendon Hooker. Last year alone, we saw two quarterbacks get drafted in the third round and get thrown by the wayside Malik Willis from the Titans and Matt Crowell from the Panthers. This could be the same thing. We don't know. Jared Goff, he's not just going to roll over and die. And he's shown time and time again that he could overcome competition, be a competent NFL starter, and thus a solid fantasy starter. He's one of those guys like Kirk Cousins. Is he sexy? No. Is he reliable? Absolutely. 
And look, even if the Lions move on, he's going to be an upgrade in some places. We could say Tampa Bay right now would be an upgrade over what they have on their roster. Ironically, the Rams, he'd be an upgrade there too. The Raiders, because you never know, and you can't ever count out the Commanders scraping somebody off the street and going win us the Super Bowl, which they won't do. So um, this is the earliest I would draft him, honestly. Where, where he is, it's about round four. Um, he's been going later. In the Rewind Crew Startup League, I got him in the eighth round, which was the 806. That is a 10-team league. And in another startup I did, I also got him in the eighth round, which is the 803. Again, a 10-team league. So that being said, if there is a massive quarterback run, which happens, we've all seen it, I would draft him in the third round if I had to. We've seen leagues go where everyone's just going absolutely ballistic on quarterbacks. Don't do that. There's value. Bob, agree, disagree with me loving Jared Goff because I'm right. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely in on Goff, especially if he can be. Ideally for me, he's a quarterback two on my roster. I don't love him if he's my quarterback one. Um, but I think, you know, another guy who's just locked for darn near quarterback one production that you're getting at quarterback two prices. Anytime you can do that, this offense, like you said, is getting better, more explosive weapons, more weapons that he can just, hey, here's the ball, and they go get 20 extra yards on an eight-yard pass kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So love this pick. Love Jared Goff at value. Um, especially when you get him even a little later than this value, which people love to hate on golf, and that should probably stop. It should. And look in the the rewind crew league, he is my quarterback too. My quarterback one is Daniel Jones. <laughs> really punted that quarterback position there, and I also have Mac Jones too. So, oh boy, I hope nobody gets hurt. Anyway, Chev, are you in or out, <laughs> Jared Goff at this price? You love the Jones. That's all I know. But I was yeah, Jones I- in for it. It was Jones, and he's basically Kirk Cousins 2.0 at this point. He's just getting Mm -hmm. drafted so late. He's got great weapons around him. He's just a guy that you know is going to produce. Some games he might have bad games, but a lot of those are going to be good games, especially with all the talent you have around him. Jared Goff's team would not have been any good last year if he did not put up like 30 points a game. Their defense was so bad last year. He had to will them to victory sometimes. And, you know, I think he can do it again this upcoming year. I imagine the defense is going to be a little bit better, but I don't think it's going to be tremendously better at this point. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. I still think he's going to have to will his team in some games. And, you know, you lose the the rusher on your team that scored a buttload of touchdowns. Things are going to change in that offense. And you get Jameer Gibbs, which is basically a bona fide wide receiver at the running back position. So I'm excited for Jared Goff. Me too. Do not leave your draft without him. Or if you do get Geno Smith, because I think he's going to have a similar type year. Another guy. I was considering putting him on here, but I feel a little bit better about Jared Goff personally. So could go well with either one hey that's all the show that we have for you guys today thank you for listening um lots of new listeners out there i see the numbers if you love what you're hearing please leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. apparently apple's the only one that matters although you can rank us on spotify i don't know how to do it out and use spotify so i'll tell you what do it dm me i want to see it because i care if you're going to a game seekgeek.com use the promo code dinosaur rewind twenty dollars off your first purchase you heard about underdog Hey, listen, your rookie draft is coming. Link is in the description for a rookie draft guide. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Come hang out with your crew. You can DM me whenever you want. Guaranteed response. So, until the next show, everybody, 
For the Bobcat, Bob Van Duzer, my faithful co-host, Shevin Nooney, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for listening.